You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. All right, we are back. This is Minor Talk. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency, along with Sal Montes and our fall intern, Utep Zay, in the house. For the first time here on Minor Talk, I'm Adrian Bratis, and all three of us bring you Minor Talk tonight. Rice downs UTEP 37-30, and oh, guys, this is one of those. This is uh, the drama-filled UTEP game that goes down to the wire, and UTEP has a chance to close out the game and just is unable to convert. First off offensively, on a third down play, Calvin Brown holds backup quarterback for UTEP, who went into the game late in the third quarter for an injured Gavin Hardison. Calvin Brown holds marches his team all the way downfield after uh, you know Rice and, and UTEP in this game. It was it was just a close game back and forth. Rice at the at the time was up 30 to 27. UTEP needed a field goal to tie or a touchdown to take the lead, therefore which would have been their first lead of the game. A third down in deep inside Rice territory. Uh, unfortunately for uh, for UTEP, they were unable to convert. It was a pass play to Tyron Smith, uh, audible play on that one. Instead of calling it, you know, from Dana Dimmel himself. Uh, instead, UTEP has to kick a field goal. They tie the game up, thirty all. They give the ball back to Rice with just over two and a half minutes to go. What does Rice do? They march down the field easily, in an easy fashion. They march down the field seven plays, 75 yards, and they score a touchdown to win the game 37-30. And with that, we'll open up the phone lines at 915-505-6009. That is our telephone number to get into Minor Talk. You can also tweet us, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. UTEP season likely over. They've got Florida International in two weeks. they got a bye week next week, and then they got UTSA to close the Things out on the season. Sal Montes, you're you're back in action. We got a chance to watch this full game together here in it, you know here in our studios. And uh, for UTEP, it's just another disappointing loss, and uh, it kind of accumulates to this season, which has now been a disappointment. Yeah, a bunch of uh, coulda, woulda, shoulda, you know. And it's it, it's a lot of scenarios and and you know plays that guys think that or fans rather think they uh, should have been ran but ultimately it wasn't and we've seen this team be in situations where they have a chance to win and ultimately uh, fold and, and and if we can be honest to Adrian I know there was a stat on the broadcast it said like in games um, where it's one possession the Miners are 3-0 and I think I don't know what the stat was for Rice maybe 1-2 and or something like that uh, but really man it's, it, it didn't come down that way tonight and when you look at the games where they did win those um, the competition that they did it against, not too impressive. And it's just not good enough to get it done against a team like Rice, who, just like the Miners, maybe even more so important for them, uh, another must win because to close out the stretch, Rice has the toughest schedule out of anybody, but they sure. needed to get this win in the same way that the Miners needed to get this win too, and they just fell. Yeah, and, and maybe Rice wanted it a little bit more. Maybe Rice mm-hmm. was a little, you know, they showed what they could do, and the UTEP defense has been good all year. The UTEP defense was something that this team relied on, the backbone of this team, and their one bad game, their one bad game had to come in this one. On the road in Houston, in a must-win situation game, the Miners gave up 502 total yards of offense 
offense to Rice, including over 330 passing yards. How do you win in those situations right there? It's tough, especially when that offense is confident in any play that they run. It didn't matter if it was a pass. It didn't matter if it was a run. They were making plays all night. And to be honest, too, I didn't see any type of shake or any any confidence shattered whenever there was a sack on Rice. Rice was able to get back up and get a first down the next play. Even uh, early on, there was a holding call that that kind of uh, took him back a little bit. The first down stood, but they gained those yards right back on the very next play, so they were in tune from the first quarter all the way to the last play. Yeah, even on that last drive, Sal, um, I I look at what uh, Rice was able to do. They had two of those false start penalties that backs them up. I think it was like a second and long situation. They're still able to convert on a first down situation. Like It was a 12-yard passing play, set up a third and eight and they convert the third and eight with ease. I mean, it's like UTEP's defense could not hold on third down. Now, give UTEP's offense a little bit of credit because they were successful on third down, 9 of 16, but they allowed Rice to convert 8 of 13 on third down. This this game felt identical on both sides when you kind of look at some of the numbers uh, throughout this game, but UTEP simply didn't make enough plays to try to win this one. That was That's what it came down to. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's play time right now, you know, or big play time. <laughs> Let me rephrase that season's winding down you have to be clutch you have to stop these small mistakes and um, you know the lack I don't want to say lack of fundamentals but the lack of doing the little things right is what hurt them tonight and we've seen it hurt them all season long it hasn't brushed up all year and that's a real concern yeah it is it's concerning across the board hey as we welcome on our fall intern UTEP Zay he got a chance to watch this entire game with us as well Zay uh Rice defeats UTEP 37 30 it was a game that featured a lot of you know it kind of roller coaster of emotions just back and forth on both ends uh give me your assessment of this game yeah I think the past three games for the minors it's been very evenly matched and well we've seen that the little things will will determine the outcome of this game I think the tackling was very poor for the minors this game and I think they just got outplayed and they got outcoached and uh, that's that's the problem at the end of the day that's I think that's why they lost yeah I hear you man uh, a lot of frustrated minor fans uh, we definitely want to hear from you our telephone number 915-505-6009 that's our telephone number to get into minor talk 915-505-6009 first up Violet Crusade tweets the show this was a tough loss unless a miracle happens i don't see utep making a bowl game this year hopefully i'm wrong hashtag minor talk adrian m at adrian m 91238919 tweets us so do you all think that hankins and awat enter the transfer portal for next year why stay at utep they should have been featured in this game and they weren't Hashtag UTEP football, hashtag minor talk at 600 ESPN El Paso. Um, I, you know, I think it's way too early. I mean, hey, we're, I, know, I know the outcome of what this season's going to be, but I still think it's way too early to start talking transfer portal just yet. I will say, one, one of the bad things for UTEP, though, a bye week coming off a bad loss. They are 4-6 and six right now. Doesn't look like they're going to make a bowl game. Um, you, you just hope that you don't see a guy miss a couple practices or a guy miss a week or so because if some of the guys start checking out, that's when things get really bad with this program. And uh, I don't see that happening. I think this is a tight-knit group. I think this team holds themselves to a high standard and still has a lot of young talent all, all, all across the field. Uh, AWOD is already a senior so he's not transferring he's graduating regardless uh as far as hankins i think it's way too early to even speculate about any of these guys 
I don't know. I, I I don't want to say it's too early, but I don't want to say it's also too late. I mean, for for all we know, and I'm not speaking for anybody, but just in a general sense, guys or a portion of guys have their mind made up at any program, right? They just don't reveal that till later. And I'm not speaking on anybody, just so you all know, but just the no, idea of point. somebody may already have their mind made up, and if if you know they feel like there's nothing left playing for this season because a bowl game chance is diminishing, if you want to put it that way, then maybe maybe they go that route. But I don't know who or or when. But, yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, I, I think that those names right there are not the right names. I'll just put it like that, Adrian, when you tweet us Hankins and Awat. Um, and I also think that UTEP ha- – I mean, you have to give UTEP props on, on the football side of things for their retention rate. I mean, I know last year they lost Jacob Cowing, their best player from last year, but that was it to the transfer portal. And that was because of family circumstances. Nothing that UTEP did, mm-hmm. nothing that he did off the field or on the field, any – anything like that or trying to find more opportunities it was simply to move back closer to family so uh, UTEP has shown over the past couple years under Dana Dimmel that they've had higher retention rates but we'll see if that stands we'll see what happens if uh, you know things go south as they kind of project to be this year yeah and also too let's just say a miracle happens and you know they're catching fire and there's a chance for that eligibility you know when they go into the game against UTSA then then maybe but in all seriousness the the morale in my opinion is down right now because oh. there's been a lot of games that um the miners had a chance to win especially when it's been such a poor schedule one of the worst in the country and you find yourself at 4 and 6 going into your last two games you know what i was just wrong i, I was simply wrong about this team sal whether it was the preseason evaluation whether it was just evaluating the talent that they had across the field whether it was just the offense that I thought would take a step forward this year. Uh, certain defensive players I thought would take a step forward this year. Maybe some of them have in the grand, grand scheme of things, but it hasn't translated to to wins like uh, the UTEP fans hoped it would. Um, it started off in that loss against North Texas. Then it, you know, it continued in the blowout loss to New Mexico on the road. Fans started thinking they had a glimmer of hope after back-to-back wins against Boise and Charlotte. I mean, there was uh, legit hope right there. Then they dropped the game against La Tech, bounced back with the victory against FAU 24-21. After that win, I'm, I I locked it in. UTEP's making a bowl game. No question about it. They got it. Instead, they lose to Middle Tennessee. They lose to Rice. And now they're in two must-win situation uh, games against Florida International and UTSA. Again, Roadrunner win. It's not happening. At the Alamo Dome, not happening for UTEP the way that they've played this year. Yeah, and UTSA in the Alamo Dome is a monster. It's yeah. tough to win. I think the only team to beat them recently was who? Maybe uh, the Houston Cougars. <laughs> that game went to like double or triple overtime. By the way, right. maybe, maybe the game of the year. I know it's off topic, but that that's what I think. Uh, but you're right, though. After that win um, against, um, who, who was it? Did you reeled off? Was it Charlotte or kind of revealing that schedule there? Um, I had them pegged at 6-6, six and six, but the teams that I thought that they would beat to get to that 6-6, six and six, it, it didn't work out. I did have them losing to Rice, but I thought that they would uh, win against Middle and Louisiana Tech. And ultimately, 
that didn't happen there. And now that we're looking at the schedule here, it's not a lot of positivity right now. No, not at all. Uh, let's keep it going. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009, as we continue here on Minor Talk. We're also at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. I think it's going to be a Twitter night. We're getting a ton of mentions all over social media, and I think it's going to be that kind of night tonight. Um, had a quiet uh, start on the Minor Talk Twitter spaces, and I think it's you know it's a weeknight. A lot of people are down about this UTEP team. What else is there to say uh utep minetto tweets the show there comes a time when one of you guys has to ask coach why is he burning timeouts why is he abandoning the run why does he not call plays that puts the miners in a position to win hashtag minor talk um you know i've asked i've asked about the timeouts now that's a I mean, that's one of those that has never improved. I mean, the game management side of things Terrible. has never improved. And they needed one timeout. All they needed was one single timeout on that third and three key play. Uh, instead of the check down pass, you could have called a timeout, done a different play. You were running the ball real effectively at that point. Why abandon the run? Continue to run it. You, a third and three, I'll take a run any day. Give me a scramble for two yards and a fourth and one situation where Dana Dimmel really has the thing. Give me that instead of what, what we saw instead. And aside from that, let's say you don't get the first down on the third down attempt, right? You're still burning 30-something seconds off the clock, helping yourself out. And then if you get the first down, then you know, you're in a bit more control there. But as far as asking the coaches, I don't have access to the coach. I don't go to the practices. Nothing like that. Go. But I will say this. There are the coaches' shows where fans can call in, they can tweet, you can even go over there, ask questions. The floor is open. There's no restrictions. Yeah, I like that, Sal. Good stuff. Uh, Zay, your thoughts on on that third down play? Yeah, that was confusing, I think. If they're going to take a timeout there, take the delay the, the, the delay of game. I mean, if you're going to punt, you, you use the five yards. It was just confusing yeah oh you're you're referring to the oh, earlier right, time yeah, yeah. yeah and and that, that was a big one too because i was thinking to myself why are you calling a timeout off um you know off something like that where you already know you're not going to kick a 59 yard field goal you already know that kind of stuff just to instead elect to to take the delay game and and punt yeah. it we've seen this story way too many times now now with this team so uh, i i agree with you guys let's go back to twitter tristan pence tweets the show hey guys here's a summary of tonight's game one team was well coached, the other is not. It's amazing how UTEP refuses to run the football, especially when the running backs are having some success and the opposing defense is fatigued. Lastly, once again, the UTEP defense doesn't hold up at the end of a game. The minor secondary is just awful. It's a shame that some several great UTEP players are playing on an underachieving team because of the inept co- coaching staff. Hashtag minor talk. That's coming from Tristan Pence on the show. Um, I want to say something to his point about the secondary. Today we found out that uh, it was no Latresh Shelton. He did not play in this game, did not suit out the starting cornerback for UTEP. Instead, they ran with Amir Boyd-Matthews. And that didn't really do much to his side of the ball. Uh, in fact, we didn't see much of him at all in this one. So I'd be curious to see uh, how his game ended up checking out. But Elijah Johnson, one of the newcomers for this group, really struggled. And I get it. it was, you know, a new cornerback group, a new secondary group kind of in general. Kobe Hilton is your veteran player who's the graduate, or excuse me, just the trans 
transfer from Louisiana, and he he always has a pretty good game. But besides that, you're rolling with guys like Tyreek James, who who had a good game. He had a pass breakup. Yeah, Elijah Johnson, he did have an interception. But at times, these guys get burned, and I mean big time. And it's on key third down plays. It's on uh, you know it's on those big passing plays. You can look and pinpoint on some of these guys, and they're just getting cooked by these these receivers. I mean, last week it was Jalen Lane who put up 150 plus on UTEP. Am I right on that? Is that yep. is that right? Jalen Lane yeah. for for Middle Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And now today it was Bradley Rosner, six catches, 142 receiving yards, and a touchdown. He torched UTEP secondary in this game. That's back to back games where this secondary just cannot uh, you know withstand the opposing the, uh, the opposing offense. It's it's become an issue right now. Yeah, especially when, um, you know, first off, the pressure was there at times, but it wasn't there enough. So at that point, the quarterback has time to, to you know, read, you know, scout the field there and make that throw pretty timely and precise, too. And then that final drive, um, no knock on uh, Johnson. I don't want to harp too, too much, but there were some plays that he gave up there where, uh, man, it, it really costed the minor. So yeah. we, we know it's a group mm-hmm. effort all in all. He's not the only one who got burned tonight. But still, though, this is a, a issue that's been around all year. And I'll say this, too. One of the weaknesses for the Miners defense has been when offenses go up-tempo, no huddle. Rice didn't really do that today. No. So that's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. In my opinion, I think, you know, we saw it last, last week with Lane. Um it was Johnson covering Lane most of the game. He's been picked on. I think teams have been seeing stuff in film that, that just show him that Elijah Johnson is just not at that level where he can be on an island with the with the opposing team's best receiver for most of the game. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and I mean, Rosner is, like, is one of their top receivers. And, I mean, McCaffrey also had a good game, too. He's their, one of their other top receivers. So that secondary just in total just struggled in this one. Uh, guys, I got one that's going to stump you both. All right, ready for this one? And uh, this is the tweet of the night from Rip City Trades. Sean Kugler got, got so much heat. His record at UTEP was 18-39. and 39. Dana Dimmels is 16-39. and 39. At best, this season. He can only tie Sean Kugler. Why did he get an extension? So uh, what he is saying right now is that Dana Dimmel, the best that he could do with two more wins under his belt at UTEP, can be 16-39 and 39 as a coach at UTEP. Now, when you look at his uh, overall coaching record... It's forty six and seventy eight uh, at UTEP sixteen and thirty nine so seven and twenty seven in conference play. He's had um, when you look at his time at UTEP. If this season ends up in a losing season, he will have had uh, five losing seasons in six. Uh, excuse me, four losing seasons in five years at UTEP. So, uh, guys, give me your assessment off that. As far as the extension that came right after the bowl game, so. It- I, I get it. The timing was there. Right, but, right. But, it, but if that offer was on the table after this year, you know, if hypothetically, right, you, you restructure that contract to where in this scenario, hey, after this year, are they going to give an extension or not? I mean, I, I would lean probably more towards no, but you got to consider the timing. They just came off of a bowl game. A lot of the guys are coming back. And also, too, UTEP is a historically terrible program. Terrible. When, whenever mm-hmm. there's a glimmer of hope, you want to reward whoever it is that does something that's really hard to do here, uh, down here in the first place, which is just show some heart. 
be competitive out there. That's all that fans are asking for. But ultimately, it's just not enough to get to that next level. And it's it's hard to win down here. Who knows who that next guy is going to be? Yeah, and and if you know, and how long that will take to find another person, exactly, right? Yeah. Or like how long it will take for them to move on, or or you know, even stay with Dana Dimmel. I mean, look with, with Dimmel, he's proved a couple things. He's proved that he can build a strong junior college pipeline. He's proved that he can win. I mean, the seven wins from last year is is a winning record. So he's proven that he can win. I thought at times Sean Coogler capitalized off, you know, maybe previous recruits or maybe, you know, off that uh, initial really strong recruiting class and really couldn't uh, capitalize off that. But at the same time, Dana Dimmel, maybe he capitalized off those early recruiting classes and, and developed those early players. And maybe the the peak is what we saw last year. Who knows? And and success is one thing, but sustaining that success That's right. It is a whole other deal. So uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. I'm, yeah. A, I'm out of out of ideas. I have no clue how to answer that one there. Mm-hmm. Do you, Zay? Do you have any clue? Well, as for the contract extension, if you want to build a consistent winner, you can't really pitch to recruits that, hey, I want to build something when your own, you know, they're not going to give you an extension. Right. Like, right? how are you supposed to recruit? Yeah. You're only, he only had a year left on his, on his original deal. So you, you know, it's hard to recruit with that type of, with, without having a contract extension, without um, assuring the, to the recruit that, hey, I'm going to be here for at least three more years. You're going to be, I'm going to be able to develop you and, you know, we can win. It's kind of hard to do when you don't have an extension. This coming in from David Castro. We deserve to lose UTEP football. Timeout after change of possession and a punt. We can't get anything going on offense. Hardison is frazzled. Offense is stagnant. Brownholtz will help, but damn disappointed. Please let me please let me be wrong at 600 ESPN El Paso. You're not wrong, David. You're not. You're, you're just not. Uh, Joe Chacon. Um, this was earlier in the game. I'm, I'm just going uh, to miss that one right there. Uh, this coming in from Bryce. Chauvin, fire Dana Dimmel on November 27th. That's all I want for Christmas. Ugh. Uh, Joe Chacon asking us uh, to be tagged in some Jonathan Byers tweets. Sorry, Joe Chacon. We're not going to read those, um, but we're good <laughs> on that one. I'm going to see them, though. Hold on. I, I didn't see it. <laughs> um, I, I just don't, you know, hey, you can tag us. We'll read those if you want to tag us, but we're good. We're good, Joe Chacon. No worries about us. Uh, Shannon tweets the show. Sad, sad, sad. Hashtag minor talk. Uh, this coming in from uh, Panther. <laughs> UTEP loses again. Imagine my shock. And it's a very sarcastic face right there. Joe Woodard tweets the show. Know what we want to do on the first play of the series and save a timeout. Then you can call a timeout on third and fourth down. Hashtag minor talk. I'm with you. Know what you want to do on the first play of the series. Save that timeout. Don't call that timeout initially. Oh, man. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Um, Our telephone number, 915-505-6009 to tweet the show. Didn't realize that we've got Augustine, who's got a series of tweets for us. He says, rice, rice, LOL. There you go. Wow, people are turning on Dana Dimmel. People are saying what I said two years ago. Here's the weakness fit for the miners. It's called Dana Dimmel. There you go. There you go, Augustine. Uh, next coming in, this is uh, David Castro. Less than 8,000 fans for our Florida International. We don't utilize players the way we should. Play calling sucks. Dimmel uses a timeout after a possession change and punts, and then Dimmel is locked into a four-year contract. Expect more of this disappointment next year. Two-year contract extension, David. Two-year. 
Uh, Randy Hinton tweets us, maybe we can use some of that puff money to buy him out and find someone who can actually want to build a program. But hey, we got a new Adidas deal yesterday, so there's that, question mark. Uh, let me ask the brass over here, the minor talk brass, starting with you, Sal, and then we'll go to you, Zay. Uh, thoughts? This was a uh, Colin Deaver breaking news story yesterday from KTSM. Thoughts about UTEP switching over from Nike to Adidas? I mean, I'll start off by saying this. I like Nike more than Adidas, you know, as a, I don't want to say consumer because I'm not Checks buying. Checks over stripes. You know, I'm not doing this every weekend or, or every month and buying new shoes. But I will say that the the variety of jerseys has been a bit lackluster when it when it comes to the creativity. So I don't know who's behind all that. Maybe, you know, Nike had some templates and just slapped on a UTEP logo with, with the colors and that, you know, call it a day, go play your game. Whereas with Adidas, maybe there may be some creative um, input, maybe some creative control. And if so, you got to give the video team and the equipment team some input on what jerseys they're going to wear. Will Adidas allow them that? I mean, maybe Nike did too. I don't know, but I will say this. There's some creative minds with UTEP. Adidas, please listen to those creative minds, and they'll have the, the best drip out there. That's what I think. Zay? Uh, did you guys see those rice uniforms? Did you guys see <laughs> who made them? Adidas. Uh I think that's that's all I could say, man. I'm I'm not very happy with this move. You know, uh, I'm not. I'm a checks over stripe guy too. I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say this. I agree with Sal because um, on the on the terms that there's been some. All right, let's throw the Texas Western jerseys aside, right? Like let's throw all of those aside right there. But let's talk about let's talk about um, the Texas. I mean, you know, those Texas Western jerseys are one in their their own. There have been some bad UTEP, just generic uniforms like that Nike has put out, and I, I don't want to like really highlight specific ones, but I'm just gonna say there's been some bad ones and some disappointing ones. So maybe Adidas can throw in a little bit of flair. Maybe it's just gonna be weird to see like cleats, like basketball shoes going the Adidas route, um, stripes, you know, three stripe life route. Hey, maybe Aaron Jones can donate a little bit more now that it's uh, yeah. uh, Adidas. Maybe so. And and you know what I'm thinking too, Adrian? How long is it? has that run with Nike Ben since 2004 so almost 20 years about 18 19 years yeah um I don't know let's see bring it on I guess okay all right so some, you're some, some Dame Lillard thumbs up thumbs down <laughs> thumbs, thumbs in the up. middle uh one thumb up the the other thumb deciding what where to go okay not I'm, like that though I'm thumbs down <laughs> Same. Same. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. Okay, thumbs down. Uh, Rip City Trade says free Johnny UTEP. Hashtag minor talk. (laughs) Free him. That's right. Free him. Let him him bring his Twitter rants over here. Uh, Herman Flores tweets the show. Who cares anymore? It's the same bleep, different game. Incompetent head coach and play caller. Run is working, and then they stop. Is that why attendance is 10,000, but really only 5,000 there? Oh. I don't know about that one right there, but it's an interesting point by Herman Flores. Randy Hinton, uh, actually, this is from Garrett at Yancey1389. It feels like the ceiling of this program under Dimmel has been reached. Not making a bowl game after last season is a big disappointment, especially when UTEP's strength of schedule is around 115 of 130 FBS teams. Five years in, and there's no excitement for the remaining of Dimmel's years. Yeah, I mean, Garrett, 
the strength of schedule thing is is what really gets me, right? Because if it's UTEP going up against the top teams of the conference, Western Kentucky, UAB, I get it. I, I understand UTEP losing some of those games. But when it's Rice, when it's La Tech, when it's you know teams like uh, New Mexico, I don't understand that. I thought UTEP was past this. I thought they were past losing to, you know, mediocre or less subpar opponents. Yeah, you're you're how many years into this Dimmel era and you're losing to New Mexico? I think, you know, you're going to go back on this season, you're going to see that New Mexico loss and you're going to say, "How did we lose that, man?" Like that really could have changed your whole season and you lost and I think I think I might agree with this. Okay, Sal, what do you think? Yeah, schedule very very bad, which was uh, you know, something to be happy about to start the season, but if we kind of, you know, flip sides and look at it from a perspective of Rice, from a perspective of New Mexico, you see UTEP on your schedule, you're feeling the exact same way. Uh, now, now, before we get to George real quick, uh, here at 915-505-6009, 915-Sun City with a great tweet. If I was uh, Jim Center, I'd like to thank Dana Dimmel and the staff for their contributions to UTEP football. They've left it better than it was when they arrived. They're always welcome at UTEP. However, the athletic department has decided it's best to move on. I think he brings up some interesting points knowing that UTEP, hey, is definitely in a better position than they were with Sean Kugler. I mean, when Kugler left, UTEP couldn't even recruit guys anymore it was like one of these weird situations where they had uh their arm pinned behind their back and they weren't able to do anything and uh like as far as recruiting they had to blue shirt everybody they had to hold scholarships back and uh dimmel's put them in a way better position there apr wise uh you know retention wise things like that he's put them in good positions but maybe it's you know i, I mean like he like uh 915 sun city says um, maybe some fans believe that it's time to move on. That it's time to take that next step, and I, of course, it's not going to be after this year. Um, might not even be after next year, but you know, it's it's kind of the writing on the wall, the foreseeable future, right there. Uh, let's keep things moving. Our telephone number nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. If you'd like to weigh in on the show and talk some UTEP football, George is next on the phone lines. George, good evening. What's going on? You know what? It's it's again, it's a difficult loss. Uh, they 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 fell short, and then at the end, we uh, we ended up uh, giving up that 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 long pass play, and then instead of running the ball, we we throw uh, into the end zone instead of running it with either Brown Holes or or Hankins or hey, what? Give me anybody. But yeah, give me a two. To, give me to, two yards. Give me a fourth and one situation yeah, exactly. where they have to run it. Give me exactly. two yards on that exactly. play. Exactly. But live, live to see another down where you can you at least get a, a closer distance. Even the even the announcer was saying how the Rice defense was looking gassed, and you would look you would clearly see the defense, and they were having a hard time even getting up. So why not be physical? Run the ball. What's so hard about running the ball? Everybody sees a what? Everybody sees Hankins. Brownholes had that one beautiful run into the end zone, you know, and our our secondary is just horrible. It's horrible. I mean, two guys around the ball, and nobody had the sense to to be on the top. They they beat them. They they beat them to the, that one pass was horrible. It broke the camel's back. 
You know, I, I don't think the decision on the pass was bad. I don't even think the you know, the pass itself was horrible. I think the you know the timing was off. Tyron just turned around at the wrong time, and uh, he just couldn't execute the catch. It just was a per. It just didn't. It, it, you know, it was the right decision maybe at that point. Like as far as Brownholtz knowing that he didn't have a timeout, he had to make something out of nothing, and he he just tossed the ball as best as he could. You look at any of the other Brownholtz throws; they're not good throws. I, I'm just gonna tell you right there no. George they're not good throws but he's a gamer he tries to make plays and I think that's what he was trying to do there uh, I just didn't like any any hard. sort yeah and I just didn't like any sort of the decisions right there I, I think that they they just they did the wrong they they had the wrong play call before even uh, you know putting Brown Holtz in that position and I think that's where it all went wrong and they shouldn't have been in that place to begin with they should have had a timeout under their belt where they could have called a timeout and reassessed right there and run the ball exactly Exactly, exactly what you're saying. It's poor clock management. Uh, these these uh, timeouts at, at odd times where where they should be prepared. They, they should have that play in there, knowing where, what the situation is and doing it. And then, like one of the tweets said, we got outcoached and we got outplayed, plain and simple. And that's the thing with demo. You know, it's like, what are we going to expect? Yeah. I get you, George. Hey, I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in on the show with us here on Minor Talk. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009 to get into the program. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. Uh, let's keep things moving here on Minor Talk. We've got uh, King Eric checking in on the show. Season was over when they lost to New Mexico. No more excuses anymore. This is the exact same team from last year. I guess that Boise State game was a fluke win. Pathetic. Anyway... When does basketball season start? LOL. Hashtag minor talk. Uh, right around the corner, my friend. In fact, it's uh, four days away. UTEP uh, men's basketball tips off against uh, Texas. That should be a lot of fun right there. Uh, let's keep things moving here on the phone lines right now. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Ronnie is joining us next on the phone lines. Hey, Ronnie, uh, you're joining us next. And, uh... I hate to say it, but you called it. You you called it since uh, pretty much day one, thinking that this team was honestly kind of a, a fraud and in, in from what maybe other callers thought it would be when it was all said and done. And uh, we got to give you credit, man. You were right. You said this wasn't going to be a bowl team. You said they would struggle late in the season, and that's exactly what's happening. I uh, appreciate that. You know, I hate, I hate being right. You know, obviously I'm a diehard Meyer fan, but uh, I think you said it best, man. It's officially basketball season. So we just got to turn our eyes towards that. But, uh, you, know, you know, I want to point out something that's really interesting um, with the minors. And I think we talk about this quite a lot. Like, like who in Demo's eyes, what program is he kind of modeling, you know, his program after, right? Like, like, like who is he looking at and saying, okay, they've had success at the mid-major level and this is what they're doing. And this is kind of some of the blueprint and the tracks that have been laid down that I should follow and instill in my own program. And I don't know who that is. Well, man. it's not a group of five team. It's Kansas State. He's modeling this off of a Kansas State program that he learned from Bill Snyder, and uh, he's building it the exact same way. Junior college players, a little bit of D one transfers, j- uh, graduate transfers, whatever it may be. Couple high school players here and there, but it's primarily junior college guys, and that's he's building it just like Kansas State. I like Snyder, and I think a lot of people do like Snyder. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer for a reason. But, you know, that, that way 
of uh, doing your business is, is outdated, man. You have to embrace NILL, and you've got to embrace the transfer portal. Uh, I, I hate to say it, but there's only a handful of junior college kids that can help you at any level. And if those guys aren't all-conference players or whatever league they're in, and, and, and really borderline all-American guys, they, they, they probably are going to take too long to figure out the speed, the physicality, the systems, whatever it may be, the commitment that it takes at this level. Uh, to get things done, and so he's got to relook at some things. Here's an interesting fact for you guys: since UTEP beat Boise State, Boise State obviously fired their OC. Hank goes into the portal. They haven't lost a game. They're yeah. undefeated in the Mountain West. I did know so this. They, I knew so, this. Yeah. So, so, so they actually got on the plane, got back to Boise, and took a hard look in the mirror at themselves and said, "We have to change things up, right?" And, and my sources have confirmed that they actually told Hank. You were not going to be the starter, and that's when he said, "Well, I'm going to the portal then because I don't need to be here if I'm not going to be the guy anymore." So they were already committed to changing things up and getting away from status quo, so they could turn the season around, which they obviously have. Kudos to those guys. And and, and, and then you look at the Myers on the flip side, who beat Boise and had all this excitement, and we thought we had a blueprint of what their success would look like this year, and it's just been a gone show, man. Like it has just been complete one letdown after another, whether it's a drop pass whether it's an accurate pass, whether it's a, a DB letting a uh, receiver get behind them, you know, whatever it may be, it's just been one thing after uh, another. Uh, Demo is our is our coach going forward. There's nothing we can do about that. But he's got to take a hard look in the mirror. He's got to say, do I need to call plays or do I need to run the team? Because I, I think that there's a fine line between the two of them, and I don't think you can effectively do both of them. Like the quarterback's got to have some type of buffer between you, the head coach, you can't be the quarterback's OC, uh, essentially, and his head coach. There's just, just no way. Like you're in the kid's ear. Well, well, let me ask you this, Ronnie. Let, let me ask you this: if they, if if he's not changing as the the game court, like the the play caller, and if he's not going to change as the the game manager as well, so those are the two things he won't relinquish. Do you think he relinquishes Gavin Hardison in a way? Do you think it's time for the two to break up, Dimmel and, and Hardison, and both the two to find a, a different path? I absolutely think it's imperative. I mean, I, I think that you saw the best version of Hardison last year. Uh, you saw the best version of Demo, but we talk about this a lot in sports. Sometimes the team will overachieve, and then they'll have a, a ultimate letdown. Michigan State won 11 games last year. They're going to struggle to win four this season, right? I mean, I mean that, that just happens in sports all the time. And I, and I think I think Hardison hit his peak at what he can be at UTEP, you know. And and the one thing that I think that is is not his fault. I think in actuality, it's Demo's fault. Demo didn't go out and get a, a, a P5 transfer quarterback guy that was going to really push him, right, really make Hardison have to be, you know, accurate and, and, and really have to, you know, push himself. Like he kind of has been able to let off the gas knowing that Calvin would only get in in, in the event of a freak injury like tonight. You know what I mean? He could be himself. He could be inaccurate. He could throw for less than 50% of his passes, and it wouldn't matter. You know, Demo was going to ride with him. And I think demo has got to do a better job of creating competition within the roster, man. Like, you got to go out and get some dudes that – you can be loyal to your guys, but you got to say, hey, I'm going to get some guys, and these guys are going to push you to stay on top of your game because the minute that you get comfortable with complacent in sports is the minute that we have a, a serious situation. Look at Sule Bowman and, 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 and Agnew. Agnew was there to push Sule Bowman, and what happened? Sule rose to the level and ended up being, you know what I mean, the best version of himself over his last two years because he, he had to, you know, he had to get with it because he knew that Agnew was going to go after his spot every single minute, every single day, every single rep. And that's what Demo has to create on his two deeps, man. You can't have guys just 
on the two deep just because it looks cute. You got to have guys that, okay, if my starters aren't doing what I need them to do, I got a short leash and I'm going to the next guy and there's little to no drop off and I'll just keep it rolling like that. He's got to be a little more competitive with on the roster. Everything can't be, oh yeah, you know, we didn't play good. We'll we'll get him next time and we'll do better and we'll win his next time. Yeah. Because last time I checked, he's had he's had more losing seasons than he's had winning seasons at UTEP. So what exactly are we referring to here, right? You know, they they say a past a future indicator of success is a past indicator of success. Well he's actually had less success and he has more success so what is the what are we doing the roster must get more competitive and guys have to be pushed and if you can't get what you need out of a guy you must make the, the, the rotation the substitution whatever you want to call it early and often to get through to the kid you cannot let a kid coast coast and get complacent in sports the minute that happens you're dead yeah, and, and I think maybe, and I think maybe this team took for granted what they had going into this year. And, and I'm not trying to take away anything from the players, but I'm just saying as a whole, like maybe they think, hey, we've got X player returning, who's a all conference kind of player. We've got this guy returning, who's who uh, did all these different things throughout his career. What has UTEP, you know, really actually done? I mean, that's what I would ask any of these players, and not just you know. I think Joe Golding, and, and I, you know, you reference basketball, I'll reference a little basketball. The thing I love about Joe Golding is he'll always tell me, you know, on the record, off the record, he'll tell his guys, what have you done? What have you actually done at this program yet? You you haven't done anything to hoist banners like these previous teams. Look at how historic this basketball program is and how teams went to the Sweet 16, the Final Four, won a national title here at this school. That's holding the program to a high standard. Not saying, hey, you came off a nice you know seven and six uh, season. You uh, went to a bowl game for the first time in seven years. Those are things to celebrate. I I think those are things to commend yourselves and and you know. Get Get excited about, but that should be motivation to try to get to that ultimate goal, which is to win a conference title, to actually beat quality opponents, and to win a bowl game. But I, I think maybe they took themselves for granted and just took last season for granted a little bit, and maybe that's what we we ended up seeing with this team. I agree, and I, I think I think the fans just won success. We're too gun ho to, to to cave into that, right, and, and to give them a pass game after game and to just assume that, oh, they'll turn it around as opposed to saying, hey, man, there's a formula to success in anything you do in life, right? Whether it's the professional world, whether it's sports, relationships, there's always a formula to success. And the minute that you get off that path or, or start to veer just a little bit, don't redirect yourself, it becomes a snowball effect. And, and I watched that first game of the season in North Texas. And I, I just I just knew that, man, they're, they're, they're not scoring the ball when they should, giving up too many yards to guys that they shouldn't be giving up to the defense. And it just, it just looked like this is going to get ugly real quick if Dimmel doesn't kind of bring these guys in. And, and like you said, man, too many people were, were joyant in, in last year, which I get it, but you can't rely on that, right? You can't rely on your laurels, right? Like you got to push them more and you got to really say, okay, well, in, in the grand scheme of things, what have we really done? You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, real, real quick, Ronnie, I got to get to another call. Who do they roll with? Gavin Hardison, Calvin Brown holds both quarterbacks healthy for FIU. You got to go with Brownwitz. Why would you want to? Why would you not? Like, you're not going to a bowl. You're not going to a bowl. Let, <laughs> let the kid get loose now. Let you're, him get well, loose. you're not going to a bowl. Get, give Hardison more film to show to his next team. 
I don't know. Maybe maybe that's the case. Uh, Ronnie, great call as always, man. Great to have you all season long. Uh, I know we're going to have you here for basketball season. We'll probably talk to you on, on Monday after UTEP Texas. Appreciate the phone call. Thanks for weighing in on the show. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. As we continue here on Minor Talk, a couple tweets to get to. Uh, Ruben Ramirez asked the same question I just asked right there. Who comes out quarterback one after the bye week? Two or seven? Uh, we'll ask you guys real quick. Brown holds Hardison. Zay, you first. Uh, is Hardison healthy? I think yeah, both quarterbacks both healthy. Go, go, Brown holds. I just, just do it. You got nothing to lose at this point. Sal? You know what? Don't say it. I'm going to say Brown holds. And Who are you guys? No, I, I'm saying this because realistically, right, it, as – as good as Hardison can be at times, when we look at the numbers, the interception to a touchdown ratio just isn't isn't appealing. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, no interceptions today. That very first pass, though, almost. However, they're able to score on that the on that opening drive and get the touchdown. But either way, though, I think the dynamic is a bit different with Brownholds. Now we know Hardison is the better passer for sure, but when it comes to the the run game in general for UTEP. Brown holds, um, in my opinion, has looked a bit better when it comes to running it. And Coach Dimmel's more prone to calling run plays for Brown holds as opposed to Hardison. Mm. And when it comes to the pass game, somewhere over 50%, it's just not acceptable anywhere that you're at. And that's no, no you're knock right. on him, but I just think if both are healthy, you, in my opinion, you go Brown holds. Okay. All right. Sal says uh, Brown holds. Zay says Brown holds. Ronnie says Brown holds. I'll say Hardison. I'll say you still ride with your your number one. Um, man, I, I saw those Brown Holtz throws. I'm just still – I'm not sold. I, I, I've I've seen enough. And Hardison, I see his throws too, and I agree with the accuracy that Sal mentioned. Um, I, I don't know. I think with Brown Holtz, uh, maybe we need to see it again. I mean, we saw it against that North Texas – in that North Texas game. Maybe we need to see it again in an extended uh, you know, amount. And – Hey, you got to you got to give uh, Calvin Brownholtz a ton of credit for stepping into this game cold. Let's let's call it like that. Cold. He stepped in this one absolutely cold, and uh, he he had some success. He had some some really nice success. I'll still ride with Hardison because I I believe that you need to ride with the guy that you started off the year with. Uh, let's pause ten se- seconds for station identification. You're listening to Minor Talk, brought to you by the Oscar Adietta Agency, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, we're back here. Minor Talk presented by the Oscar Adietta Agency. Let's waste no time. Back to the phone lines. We've got full lines to get to right now. Let's welcome on one of our good friends, Babe Laufenberg, who joins us next on Minor Talk. Babe, it's great to hear from you. How's it going? Good, Agent. The, the lines must be filling up. I kept calling and it kept getting a busy signal. And Oh, babe, all you have to do is just text me, man. We'll get you in right away. I promise you. <laughs> I need a hotline number. We'll get we'll give that to you. I, I, sources will give that one to you, babe. I oh, promise you. <laughs> how was uh, how was Eli Manning's uh, event today? Oh, it was uh, it was really good. You know the the Mannings are you know just great people. Um, obviously, they're pretty good quarterbacks, but uh, <laughs> so I had a had a good time. It was funny. So I did a uh, the SMU Athletic Forum does a speaker series, so they have four different. Uh, you know, basically athletes uh, a week or former athletes, excuse me, um, for a year, for a year. So 
I actually, in 2014, I actually did the Q&A with Archie Manning. Wow, and nice. So it's kind of interesting where, you know, you're up there on the two chairs, and I don't know, there's probably 500,000 to 1,000 people in the room. I don't know what it is exactly. but uh, So I did the Q&A with Archie, and then here it is 2022, and, uh, you know, I was up there with Eli and, and had a good time. And actually, now, I was going to, Adrian, I was going to the UTEP game. I was going to drive down yesterday because Cowboys are off this week. And I was going to drive down yesterday, you know, see all the coaches and some of the guys and, you know, go to the game tonight. And then this luncheon was today. And then anyway, I was trying to still get down there, but I thought uh, I'm not I'm, I'm going to get there about halftime. <laughs> so, sure, sure. Now, I, I understand. Home. Hey, I, hey, at least you got a chance to watch it, right? On. Yeah, I watched it and I and I have Ty Shimondo and that group on on my uh, on my app. So I got the best of both worlds going. But let me just say, too, um, anybody's disappointed after a loss. And I think any time you lose, you point to a million different reasons, right? But uh, I, I just wanted to say uh, Calvin Bromholtz played his rear end off. And, and you touched yeah. on it right there coming coming into the to the station identification, which I'm fully aware of. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, he, to come in and, you know, you're not getting all the practice time during the week, obviously. And uh, he, he took him on 75 yards for a touchdown. He had two drives, right? 75 for a touchdown, then 60 for the field goal that got the thing tied up. Um, so I don't think he could – and he he did complete some big balls on third down. I mean, I think there were three in the drive maybe where he had uh, third down conversions there. Um no, you're exactly so right. I'll reel them off to you real quick. Third and 11, okay, completion yeah. to Trent Thompson. It was a 12-yard pass. Yeah, then third back. and four, a 20-yard pass to Kelly Arcari. And then a third and six conversion to Tyron Smith. Talk about yep. gutsy. I mean, what a gutsy yep. performance right there by Gal- uh, excuse me, Cal- Calvin Brownholtz. Yeah, and I don't know the extent of Gavin's injury. I don't know if you guys have got any more information on it, but it, it, you know, for him to be carted off and looked like it, it was not real good. So, you know, uh, he's got the week off, obviously, with the bye week, really two weeks before they'll play again, two and change. But, uh, you know, if it's Calvin, I, I got complete confidence in Calvin that he's going to go in and do a job. Boy, he competes, doesn't he? Yeah, he really does. Every time he gets an opportunity, he really does. Uh, the only thing we've heard is it's not a bone break, nothing like that for Gavin Hardison. Um, Dana Dimmel just saying he's day to day, so we'll have to see as soon as they get back to El Paso. You know what his status? I'm, I'm sure we're going to find out pretty quick, right? Because we'll see on practice whether whether or not he's in things like a crutch or crutches or you know a walking boot or anything like that. We'll kind of see right away. Um, you know, for Gavin Hardison, and if it's if it's Calvin Brownholtz, Dana Dimmel's got to a quarterback that he he likes he can you know really use in his offense a, a dual threat guy I think the one knock that I would have on Calvin Brownholtz and in, in just the Dana Dimmel offense babe is that you, you don't have a lot of Deion Hankins featured with him and it's just because you have more of a hefty quarterback who can do a lot of different things run the ball and maybe you don't I don't know maybe they, they just don't have a good pairing right now with Hankins in the backfield with him maybe that will um, you know increase as, as the practice increases with uh, Brownholtz and Hankins I, I'm not sure yeah, and I think Calvin is probably a better passer than people probably give him credit for. Um, I remember going down and watching the spring game, and uh, he, he did a great job. I mean, he really – I think he's improved as a passer. I've kind of watched him. I was out there uh, for a couple of days uh, in training camp this year, so I had an opportunity to be on the field and watch practice. And obviously at that point, you're really going hard at practice and training camp. It's not like during the season we have walkthroughs and things of that nature. But uh, but no, I was, I was really – 
pleased with the way um, Calvin played tonight. And, you know, hopefully if he goes back in, if he is the guy in a couple of weeks um, against FIU, that uh, he continues. Yeah, you're you're right. Hey, uh, hey, babe, how do you see the season ending? And, you know, what, what needs to happen after this year? Well, I, I, I couldn't go to what happens after this year. I'm, I'm like Bill Belichick. I'm on to Cincinnati. I'm on to FIU. <laughs> I got you, yeah. I'm on, I'm on to FIU. <laughs> and, uh, and what's funny is I'm, I'm friends with Mike McIntyre, the, uh, the head coach. So He's done a great job at FIU. Yeah, well, of course, you know, he was literally national coach of the year when he was at Colorado. And what's interesting, my son Joe Willie, Luke's older brother, yep. was at Colorado, and he was a student assistant coach uh, at that time. His senior year in college, he, he went to Boulder, uh, Joe Willie did. So he was on Mike McIntyre's staff, if you will, obviously not getting paid. But uh, I, I told him, hey, don't think this is the way it is. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, McIntyre got a raise, he got an extension, he gets coach of the year. Everybody's happy at that point, right? Right. You haven't experienced where the, the halfway through the season, they know they're getting fired. They've got a daughter who's a junior in high school. She's refused to move for the fourth time going into her senior year. <laughs> I said it was all, all good for you. And so uh, then he went to coach at USC the following year. I mean, he graduated from Colorado, Boulder, went to USC, and uh, USC that year with Clay Helton, you know, they won the Pac-12. So I said, man, this is you, you're the, like the good luck charm. Wow, <laughs> but, wow. He got out of coaching. But maybe I need to send him Coach Stimmel's way, Right. Right. Hey, that's a good. You know, that's a good idea. I like that, babe. Can, I, that's a good. Coach. Yeah, you yeah, definitely when, could. I, I'm, I'm with you there. Sick, when Luke got sick, uh, he had, he'd been one year at USC, and uh, so Luke got sick in at, in December, late December, um, uh, of 2017, and he was at USC. Matter of fact, USC was here in Dallas because they played Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl that year. So anyway, long and short, when Luke got sick, he wanted to be with him. And wow. so uh, he, he kind of got out of the coaching deal and uh, has stayed out. But maybe we can get Coach Dimmel to talk him back because, trust me, he's, he's got a rabbit's foot in his pocket, right? Everywhere, his two years of coaching, both times, the coaches got raises, extension. One was Coach of the Year and the other one the Pac-12. <laughs> be a, a great name to bring on staff i'll tell you that babe um hey I, I can't thank you enough for calling into the show i'm i'm gonna text you the hotline number as soon as we get off here uh oh, because yeah, i yeah, find that great. i find that awesome and anytime you feel compelled to talk utep football or basketball you, the the door is open for basketball as well feel free to give us a call babe that's great well i'm gonna get out there and see coach golding hopefully this year uh, i didn't get to i went to the game here when they were in the uh the conference game the tournament. So sure. I, I did get to a game when they were in Dallas, but I'm going to get out to uh, El Paso and catch a little basketball. Let me just say this very quickly. I know it's doom and gloom, and that's natural. Um, I was like, call the Cowboy games. When Dak Prescott went out after the Tampa loss, everybody said, well, the season's over. And then Cooper Wesh went out and rattled off four straight wins, right? So we, we beat Boise, which no one expected. So if we beat Boise, why can't we come back and beat UTSA? after beating FRU, right? Mm, oh, babe, me. you're the voice it's, of reason. Yeah, oh, it's well, not it's, me. I'm not saying it. You you be the one saying it. <laughs> well, let me just say, it's a tall order. I mean, UTSA, as we all know, they're, they're good, and they're, they'll be playing at home. But I went to the Boise game. I was there, and uh, 
Nobody expected that to happen. Sure, I agree with you there completely. Including, I, I completely including agree. Kellen Moore, by the way, who I gave a UTEP hat to <laughs> after that win on the Cowboys charter that, that next day. <laughs> oh, it's a great way to give give some grief over there to a, to a Bronco Absolutely. like that. I love that. <laughs> okay, well, well, babe, it's great to talk to you. You have a great rest of your evening, and uh, we'll talk some UTEP uh, soon, all right? Great. Send me that hotline, Adrian. I definitely will. All right, it's Babe Loffenberg joining us here on Minor Talk as we continue. Um, man, uh, as Locomotive Minor tweets, uh, texts into the show, we've had parents, players, we've had ex-NFL players, we've had coaches, we've had current players. We've had a, a, our share of list of callers here on Minor Talk, Sal, over the years. How about that? Another yeah. uh, another uh, you know box to check off right there. Yeah, and it, it it's always fun hearing from Babe Laufenberg. I got to meet him uh, weeks back. Uh, matter of fact, for the Boise State game, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, yeah. he was in studio, and uh, we were still running the game on the queue at the time. And um, just a great guy, man. It's, he does a great job as well. So it was cool to say, hey, we call your games right in that room over there. And for you to have to get the win of front of him um you know real special uh a good moment nonetheless but definitely a guy who's always um you know knowing his stuff of course but the fact that you get that human aspect of him and say hey you know what i'm a fan too it's pretty cool it really is uh, i'm i apologize to kevin i apologize to robert and david who uh jumped off the phone lines if you've been trying to get in on the phone lines let's do it we'll start we'll try to speed things up a little bit more 915-505-6009 two calls or two lines are open right now let's go to kevin who's joining us next on the phone lines kev what's going on man how are you how Hey, what's up, Adrian? What's up, Sal? What's up, Zay? How y'all doing? Kevin, we're, we're hanging in. We're doing just fine. Um, I think we feel a little bit better at, off that call from Babe Laufenberg. He's just He brings that breath of fresh air, and I'm sure you feel the same way after that. I, I don't know. We got two polar opposite calls. We got the doom and gloom call by Ronnie, kind of letting you know how it is, and then uh, the light of hope from Babe Laufenberg. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I was honestly, Ronnie was kind of hitting on some points you know, regarding Demel and, you know, kind of reevaluating the staff at the end of the year and stuff. And I think he really needs to, you know, I, I think maybe, you know, I feel like if the season doesn't end the way we, he, or, you know, UTEP wants it to end, you know, um, I think he'll be on the hot seat eventually, you know, and he'll be under a, a microscope and everyone's going to see it, you know, but also I have to like kind of reason with Babe as well, you know, like UTEP did beat a very good Boise State team. I'm like, oh my gosh, I watched Boise State play and it's like, UTEP was like their wake-up call. Like, they slapped themselves in the mirror, and they're like, you know what, we're going to get out and go back to play Boise State football, which is awesome, man. You know, you love to see that from them. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I wish the season could go by a little bit better. I mean, two back-to-back losses are just sting. Like, these losses were bad, bad, bad. And it went from, you know, the secondary just not playing well and, you know, coaching and game management calls just kind of all over the place. And, it, you know, it's kind of hard for me right now to sit with Demel. And, you know, kind of back him up. You know, I've been trying to back him up all year, but I'm kind of reaching the point where I'm like, okay, well, you know what? Maybe if he reevaluates the staff in the offseason, makes changes, runs the team instead of calls the plays, maybe we'll see something different. But, you know, until then, I, I don't know. But, I, but yeah, that call with Babe, it just made me feel a whole lot better. I'm like, yeah, why can't we beat UTSA? <laughs> By the way, I'm going to be at that game, so they better freaking win. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Kevin. I don't know. All right, all right. Let me ask you the quick question then. Uh, Brownholtz or Hardison? Oh, my gosh. Look, 
you you got to roll with the momentum and the way Demel oh, Holtz come is on. Oh. you got to go with Brown Holtz, man. I'm on the Brown Holtz train. <laughs> Let's keep it moving, baby. We got to win these next two games. <laughs> All right, Kevin. Great stuff, man. Great to hear from you as always. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Have a great great weekend. Okay. You too, guys. Bye. All right, Kevin joining us here on the phone lines as we continue. 915-505-6009. It's time to take our first break of the show. When we come back, we'll uh, read off some more tweets. We'll give out some awards later on in the show. And uh, we'll continue as Minor Talk um, rolls along here, presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back. Minor Talk continues along with Sal Montes, UTEP Zay. I'm Adrian Bradis. We bring you Minor Talk. Presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency with seven locations across El Paso from the west side to Fabens. You can contact the Oscar Arieta Agency for all your home, auto, and life insurance needs. Uh, we were just talking with Babe Laufenberg. He was honored as one of the hometown heroes by the Oscar Arieta Agency. They're now accepting nominations for other hometown heroes. You just go up to riseup915.com. You check out the hometown hero page and you can enter in uh, your, um, you know, your your uh, nomination for the hometown hero. Let's go back to Twitter. A lot of tweets to get to. Joe Chacon tweeting the show. Oh, I thought Joe Chacon was out on this team. He said, four years ago in Houston, we stormed the field for the win. We need more of this. We're winning games, not losing all of them. We aren't going to have a perfect season, but we are going to win games. Let's celebrate those. Hashtag, I'm grateful for not going 2-10. Hashtag, Brock is my OG. Hashtag, Zane is next. Joe, oh. I, Joe, yeah, here's my problem, man. Here's my problem with this. And and Joe, you're, you're a friend of the show. You're, you're a loyal tweeter here with us. But Joe, here's my problem, man. Complacency. Being happy with four to five wins in a season? No. No. This this is a program that is coming off a bowl appearance that brought back a lot of players from last year, brought back a ton of talent from last year. This program should hold itself to a high standard, and the fans should do the same. I mean, that that's how things improve in a college football or organization. You can't think, oh, a four or five win season is good. No. Come on. Don't, don't come at me with that. It's... Historically speaking, it's better, but it's not good enough to what a decent football program is. Correct. And, and my, I don't want to say issue because I'm not, I'm not mad at Joe or anything, but my issue there is you're smiling because you stormed the field, but that was the only win that year. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. What do you think, Say? Yeah, yeah. If you want to build a winning culture here and you want to get out of being historically bad, it starts with the fans, and the expectations need to be higher coming off of a bowl-eligible uh, season. I'm with you. Uh, Bryce Chauvin tweets us, 4-8 and eight Jack. It's minor basketball time. Football is a wrap. Who gives a damn for UTEP football? <laughs> uh, Jonathan Byers tweets the show, Dimmel shouldn't have given Brownholtz the option to even check the pass play pregame. This is Dimmel not taking extreme ownership for the loss. Hashtag Dimmelball. Uh... You know, nah. I mean, all the quarterbacks get get the the chance to check the ball down. I mean, like if you're gonna, what could Dimmel have done? That's why he was shaking his head after that play. He wanted a timeout. He wanted to go back and you know 
you know, go back and and you know see what ended up happening there. So that's that's the reason why I I don't agree with that. Casey tweets us thanks. I guess that explains why Dimmel seems so upset on the sideline afterward. Poor game management overall. Little things get you beat. Um, yeah, that's why he was upset. He was upset because it wasn't the call that he wa- Dimmel wanted on that third down play. Um, let's go over to some more tweets. Uh, Sooner Sower tweets us. Um, UTEP is going to be sick to their stomachs watching the tape. So many opportunities to win. I agree. So many opportunities to win this game. Minor in Wisconsin, a loyal listener here on Minor Tuck. F- fifth year and four and six. Can you name another school that would be okay with this? Time for a change and a serious commitment to football by UTEP leaders. Um, Zay mentioned this over the break, but it's true. I mean, the reason I, I'm still going with Hardison is because you you have kind of that film out on Brownholds. Team will, teams will find out. They're going to see those wobbly passes, and they're going to find out. that He's a gamer. I'm not going to take anything away from Hard, uh, Calvin, Calvin Brownholds today because he's a gamer. He's going to do whatever it takes to try to win games. Might not look pretty, but he's going to fight, and he's going to you know fight and claw and, and try to do things to put this team in uh, successful positions, but I'm still riding with Hardison, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. It, people are wrong sometimes. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, either way, though, in all seriousness, we, we talk about one guy over the other in that instance, but in reality, the number one thing here is uh, that the injury is not too serious and Harden's able to heal 100%. Yeah, I, I think that's another key, is mm-hmm. if he's 100%, right? I mean, if he's not 100%, close to it, yeah. maybe I'm rolling with Brownholtz at that position, Zay. Maybe, I'm, maybe I do on Calvin if uh, Hardison's not 100%. Yeah, you don't want to risk any Anything with Hardison's health or anything, um, his durability. You've seen that uh, Brownholz can run this offense, at least, you know, in this game he could. And um, it wouldn't be so bad to see him starting, in my opinion. Okay. Well, uh, I, I don't know. It's just going to be that's immediate transfer portal. That's Hank Bachmeyer to me right there, if, yeah. if that's the case. That's Hardison entering the portal and saying bye to UTEP, if that's the if that happens. I'm, I mean, that's just how it goes in college football. I, and I'm not trying to speculate. I'm not trying to put some things in place. I am trying to predict a little bit and, and look to the future. But if you're telling me a healthy Hardison is benched for a healthy Calvin Brownholtz in the final two games, I'd be really surprised. I really would. Yeah, in a do-or-die situation, too. So I guess. Yeah, yeah, I'd be really surprised. Uh, Herman Flores tweets us, uh, who cares anymore? It's the same-ish, uh, different game. Incompetent head coach and play caller. Run is working, and then they stop. This is why attendance is 10,000. Um, this one coming in, um, well, we got we got a lot of repeats. Oh, here we go. This is, uh, oh, I love this. Eric Bernal tweets the show, who's a sneaky listener of us uh, here on Minor Talk. He says, Coach Dimel, <laughs> like uh, like Kevin was saying. Yeah. Kevin, my man, we you listen to all these shows. You listen to every game. It's Dana Dimmel. I'll, I'll tell you that next time I run into you or something. My name is Jeff. He's checking back in. Uh, haha, me wife think I'm cheating on her because I say, babe, I love you. The star. <laughs> she slapped me. She's not a cowboy like the big bacon Jeff. Hashtag weed and boys. Hashtag babe forever. Hashtag minor talk. I think Jeff is talking about Babe Laufenberg. We've got some hilarious uh, Twitter followers. Just like this man, Augustine, who's joining us next on the phone lines, 915-505-6009. Augustine, good evening. What's going on, my man? Hey, guys. Good evening. Just uh, here, you know. I'm just just 
you know, I, I'm not going to say it anymore. I've been saying it for the last two years that I don't want Bimmel, but at least all minor fans are finally finding that out, that he's not the answer. He, and then I didn't know that, that, that about him being, you know, 16 and 39 or 19 and 39, just like, uh, just like, uh, Kugler was. So that's, I hope everybody, you know, opens their eyes and sees what's right in front of them that hopefully uh, he'll wear down his contract and just leave. And uh, I, 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 I'm piggybacking on that. Um, you said about the transfer portal. You know, most of these players that are here at UTEP, you know, they're, I mean, are they Division One players? I mean, what Division school is Gavin Hardison going to go to. Well, now I mean, I, I'll push back there, Augustine. Well, first off, Jacob Cowing parlayed this quote unquote Division One school into a Power Five school. He's now at Arizona, and he might be a Pac 12 all conference player when it's all said and done. Uh, Gavin Hardison can easily point at the play calling and say, hey, I was in this system. I was just doing what I was told. Look at my arm. Look at what I'm able to do through the air. The reason my completion percentage is what it is is because I'm having to chuck the ball down field I'm not calling the plays this person's calling the plays that's the hardison argument all right I'm not saying that that's what he's going to argue or anything I'm not even saying that he can go off to a better school I'm just saying that that would be the case if he were to leave like he has the argument in his back pocket if he wants to leave now I'm not saying that's true I'm not saying necessarily that that's uh, going to get him another starting job elsewhere but it is what it is that's college football nowadays you know we see it in basketball all the time in college basketball if you don't have success in a season well you blame your your school and you transfer out if you do have a successful season well you you say I did it it wasn't my school I'm transferring out to something better it's today's world of the transfer portal in college in college sports i mean it could happen to a player on this football team it could happen to a basketball player it's just what we've seen in the transfer portal no i and that's all good and dandy but at the same time i mean you can't have a quarterback pointing you know whenever you point a finger there's three pointing right back at you man so uh like i think those are just excuses for gavin hardison that you you know and i understand he may be a good quarterback and, and i do understand he's, he's had some pretty bad coaching but but at the same time, I mean, with his track record and anything, who's going to actually want a quarterback with a losing record for and in, in, in being under fifty percent and having more interceptions than in TD? So, well, maybe he uh, competes. Like, maybe he competes for like a Group of Five job, like it's a SMU or I mean, I'm just speculating. This is, there's zero truth to any of this, but like you know, a team that's just trying to rebuild itself or something. I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's where, where he finds himself. And, and it's not just Hardison. I mean, it's, there's, there's a bunch of players out there that that need to reevaluate themselves and see where they stand on the team, and maybe it's better for them to leave and somebody else come in and and, and try to do a job. And uh, hey, hey, so uh, so two things, two quick things. Uh, what's my grade? And uh, and <laughs> in, in about five minutes, uh, Adrian, could you uh, just tell my girlfriend that I love her? Her name is Adelie. In about five minutes, <laughs> could you tell her? Yeah, yeah, I got you. <laughs> Areli, okay. <laughs> oh man, Augustine, just for making me laugh, you get a you get an eight out of ten for this phone call. Eight, you know, it's usually based off the damage control that we have to do after your phone calls, and uh, if there's usually no damage control, it leads to a higher grade. So yeah, eight out of ten because you made me laugh at that last line, Areli. Uh, what happened to your engaged fiance? <laughs> 
<laughs> all right, all right, we gotta we gotta stop here before we get ourselves in trouble with Augustine, who said he was previously engaged. Hey, it hasn't been five minutes, so we're good right now. He she she's not li- listening in yet. All right, Augustine, we're we're full we're full game right now. Uh, we will be very respectful towards Arali. Um, thank you, Augustine, for that phone call. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Got to get myself together here. Uh, Joe Chacon tweets the show, I was around when UTEP had its resurgence in 88, then went through the meaner breed and the debacle of the 90s. Then we had a WAC championship, which was awesome. Shared WAC championship, by the way. But then we wait another seven years for not a championship, but wins. And it got exciting. That's where we are, wins. Four wins? Five wins? That's exciting. I mean, I'll take you back to Sean Coogler, if that's the case, uh, Joe Chacon. Uh, the mission is winning uh, winning games and winning enough games to go to a bowl game, not to uh, to get you to just four wins, you know, five wins, making you storm the field for breaking a 20-game losing streak. Come on, come on, Joe Chacon. Let's let's be let's hold this team to a high standard, man. Let's come to a let's come to a good middle ground. Let's do this. Come on, man. You you know this team. You you said it. You've been around since '88 and the resurgence. You know what success feels like. Why should UTEP fans settle for anything less? Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead, say. Jump yeah. in on this. Yeah. Um. I really I was young for the Mike Price era, but what. What I'm looking at here is a lot of four or five win season. And it seems like people are happy with that, you know. I like Mike Price. He seems like a really great person, but the UTEP community worships worships him as a as a god, you know. It's the best that they've ever had, but UTEP needs to be their fans need to be holding uh, UTEP to a, to a, a higher standard. We need to stop being happy with four or five wins cuz nothing will happen if we're just going to be winning four or five, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I nothing's nothing. There's not a lot of progress that you can find after that. Um, also tweeting us is Rip City Trades. Bring in Tom Herman and call it a day. He was frustrated with the play calling all night. Hashtag minor talk. Uh, Tom Herman, color commentator tonight for uh, for um, UTEP and Rice in this game. Rice defeats UTEP 37-30. Let's take our final time out of the show. When we come back, we'll wrap this show up. We'll give out awards. We'll talk the, about uh, two weeks from now, Florida International. Sprinkle in a little UTEP basketball talk as we continue here. Minor Talk presented by the Oscar Adietta Agency right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back. Final segment of Minor Talk. As we wind things down, special thanks to UTEP Zay joining us here for Minor Talk throughout the show. Special thanks to Sal Montes. Screening the calls, playing beats, making beats. You know, had to bring the sensitive rain out because it was raining. Got a little bit sensitive, and I, I didn't handle it well, but, um, but hey, beautiful music, I guess. Speaking <laughs> of uh, beautiful, shout out to uh, Augustine's girlfriend, Arali, who's listening here on the show, and and shout out to that wonderful couple right there. That's right. Augustine is a gentleman and a scholar, and um, even though you didn't hit the lottery, um, you know, at the store, you hit the lottery in life with our man, Augustine. That's exactly right. Big shout out, Arali, here on Minor Talk as we continue. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. As uh, Minor Talk continues, UTEP drops to 2-4 and four in Conference USA, 4-6 and six overall, uh, and drops a, a disgruntling loss against uh, Rice. 37-30 is the final. Special thanks to all our great callers here from earlier today. Uh, as we wind 
things down. We look ahead to two weeks from now. It's Florida International. This is not an easy Florida International team. Two and two in, com- in conference play, four and four overall. FIU. They're in the hunt for a bowl game. I mean, they they actually can be bowl eligible, as crazy as that sounds. And um, maybe they they even come to El Paso with intentions to try to become bowl eligible that weekend. Um, For this UTEP football team, it's about trying to stay intact this week and the bye week because you can't let yourself get too down. You can't let yourself uh, already check out and say it's the end of the season, which it might already be. I mean, hey, that's that's what we're kind of talking about right now. But um, if you're UTEP, you have to try to stay intact. You try to you have to try to run it back and get to those uh, you know the six wins, which I, I feel like is unattainable at this point. But who knows? I mean, two weeks from now, FIU at home. We could be flipping the script, Sal, and saying, hey, is there any chance for them beating UTSA? Uh, I, I just want you both to remind me, as we sit here, November 3rd, 1030, UTEP is not in that position. And if UTEP makes a bowl game, I'm going to be absolutely shocked. So, yeah, yeah that's that's it. And, and you know what, too, Adrian, to, to your point, I brought up the, the idea, right, or, or you know, kind of the – the scenario that they had to go three and one out of their next four games after that 0-2 start, they did it. Just wasn't the way that we wanted. I'm not saying that's going to happen these these last couple of games where they're going to do it and go bowling, but not the way we wanted. However, that unconventional uh, idea, I guess, is there. So if you're hopeful, cling on to that. Uh, Joe Chacon, speaking of clinging on, uh, Joe Chacon tweets us to clarify a little bit of things, and maybe I owe him a little bit of an apology. Uh, Joe Chacon tweets us, been holding this team to a high standard since I was born. Don't say that I don't want more for this university. We all want this school to win national championships. We have to come to a realization. We're rooting for six wins to say we went to a bowl. So don't dog me. I mean, hey, Joe's right. I mean, uh, two more wins is is what fans are really rooting for at the end of the day, which is a 500 team. Um, you know, if we're talking about like levels of excitement, levels of where you see this team taking steps forward, UTEP really kind of takes a step back, even if they get to a bowl game at six and six, right, guys? Like, you know, if UTEP goes to a bowl game six and six, still not what fans thought earlier this year. It's a step back record-wise, but what happens in that bowl game if they get True. there? True. There you go. That's so, right. Hey, when you're there, all all of it is uh, on the table, right, Zay? Yeah. Hey, let's say UTEP wins the bowl game. They, let's say UTEP even makes a bowl game. I'd still be happy. I think it's 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 tough it's tough for me to admit, but I'd still be happy going six and six the way that this season has gone. Hey, Joe Chacon, don't worry. You're still an award-winning listener here on Minor Talk, so uh, we, we got your back. We just got to keep you in check at times. You, you keep us in check. It's all right. We'll, we'll go back and forth like this, Joe Chacon, and uh, one day uh, you'll, you'll treat Sal and I to that beer that you, uh, you owed us from way back when. I think I might just be making that up. Maybe that's another listener, but uh, I don't know. Either way, Joe, uh, appreciate you chiming in here on Minor Talk. Uh, as we wind things down, let's start giving away some awards here on Minor Talk. First off, let's go out to our Oscar Arieta Agency drive of the game. Um, now for UTEP in this one, it had to be uh, the 11-play, 75-yard drive that was capped off by a 25-yard rushing touchdown by Calvin Brownholtz. Here you go. Tupo to the right of the quarterback. Snap is back. 
And here comes Brownholtz right. 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Brownholtz dives. He's in. Brownholtz touchdown. Who is that guy? Who is that guy? Uh, from the west side to Fabens, the Oscar at the agency is the official insurance agent of the UTEP Miners, and they remind you when it comes to bundling home and auto insurance, trust the local experts at the Oscar Adietta Agency. That was our drive of the game in this one, and it was set up by a play of the game that, you know, hey, we were talking about this one as the play of the game, the 25-yard rushing touchdown by Calvin Brownholtz. Um, that that are that arguably has to be the play of the game as well, and uh, when you talk about this uh, this sponsorship right here, it's brought to you by our great friends at Specs Wine Spirit and finer foods. They've been a Texas family-owned destination for selection and savings since 1962. Specs is your one-stop shop with literally thousands of wine, spirits, and beers at everyday lower prices. If you're looking to step up your cocktail game, get insider info on seasonal releases or order online for same-day delivery, just go to specsonline.com because the fun starts here with Specs. Now, as far as our Heineken player of the game, Guys, I think we're going to have to do a back-to-back one. It's, uh, it's of course, the kicker. And I'm not talking about the punter and Josh Sloan, who forced a fumble today. I'm talking about Gavin Beckley. Three field goals, three for three, along a 51 today. That was the most impressive. He has now 20 straight field goals made. Gavin Beckley, the absolute killer, making the, uh, making the UTEP awards today and becoming the player of the game again. Ramos calls for the ball. It's back. It's down. Beckley's kick is on its way, and Beckley has tied the game at 30 with his third field goal of the game. Just outstanding effort by Gavin Beckley, and it's our Heineken player of the game, Gavin Beckley. Ga- uh, Heineken reminding you, to drink Heineken must be 21 and o- o- over to purchase. Uh, guys, we winding things down. It's up, up next. It's UTEP versus Texas in men's basketball. We will be back in action. It's UTEP basketball, minor talk. I can't wait, Sal. I cannot wait. We are back. Yeah, and I don't want to say anything, but if I could, what happened the last time Golding coached against the Longhorns? Mm, Zay got excited there. <laughs> I, I did. The Bermuda Triangle of coaching chisme across college basketball all started with Joe Golding at Abilene Christian defeating the Longhorns in the NCAA tournament. It's basically a, a 360. Golding comes to UTEP, or in no order, right? Uh, Beard goes to Texas. Golding goes to UTEP. Terry goes to Texas, too. I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't Adams know. Adams gets promoted to Adams Texas pro- Tech. Exactly. Ogden leaves Texas Arlington for Texas. Uh, I think the whole Kansas coaching staff disassembles and then reassembles. Perry Ellis finally leaves Kansas as well. <laughs> and the minor scrimmage against Texas Tech. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think about this UTEP basketball season, Zay? I'm excited. Gritty team. I want to. I'm, I'm excited to see them when they're in the in the in the Don Haskins Center. I'm excited. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Hey, uh, for UTEP Zay, thank you so much for all your help. For Sal Montes, as always, great job by you. And for Adrian Broadus, we're saying so long and thank you so much for listening to Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Addy at the Agency, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.